Father, open our hearts and minds to receive this morning, to hear from your word and your spirit, to grow as disciples of Jesus. We ask this in his holy name. Amen. Please be seated. So, yesterday, my family had some water gun wars in the backyard. Um, that was fun. We got soaked, uh, all of us. And uh, this is a very interesting water gun, I think, because unlike the ones I'm used to when I was younger, that had little triggers and they always like broke, they never seem to last. This has no components other than you just pull out and you do that. And they fire. If this had water, I could hit the back row. <laughs> I mean, it is amazing. And it was 10 bucks for two of them. I mean, it was great. Um, but you might notice right now, as I'm doing it, it's not doing much. A little tiny bit of a, pfft, you know, that's about it. Um, it's not a very effective water gun if it doesn't have any water in it. You know, it just kind of makes noise. doesn't really do much. And as we think about Pentecost Sunday, this is what I honestly feel like my Christian life is sometimes. It is really missing something. Like there is a lack of power, uh, there's a lack of something in my life as a believer. And I don't think I'm alone. I think many Christians, if they stop and think for a moment, they would say, there is just something missing to help me live this life. And what is so interesting is that Jesus, before he ascends, he says, I don't want you to go out yet. I want you to go to a place and wait because right now, this is what you are. <laughs> right now, you're missing the power to do what I'm calling you to do. And I want to give you that power. And yet, I'm aware of that. In fact, this is Pentecost Sunday, as I've said numerous times already. Do you know how many Pentecost Sunday messages I've given? A lot. <laughs> I've preached on Pentecost so many times, and yet I still have a bit of a struggle. It's one thing to be told, you need the Holy Spirit. You need the power of the Spirit in your life. But what does that mean? How do I do that? How do I get that? How does that change anything? That's what I'm going to talk about this morning. I think the Holy Spirit is meant to make a difference in our lives. And I think there is some very practical things for us to consider that might be able to move our Christian life from this. Don't worry, I don't have any water to put in. <laughs> to actually having some water in it. I'm going to invite you to open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. If you are using the Pew Bible, that is page 1550. Acts chapter 2, page 1550. Um, it is the passage that Joe read. We're just going to look at a little tiny bit of it. But here is my primary point for this morning. If you want to see more of the work of the Spirit in your life, 
more of the power that Jesus talks about. There is a direct connection to our obedience and the work of the Spirit in our lives. Acts chapter 2, in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. That is the verse right there. So if you jump back into Acts chapter 1, and you look at what Jesus says to them in verse 4. Acts chapter 1 and verse 4. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. A command, not a suggestion, not something for you to do, but this is what I'm telling you to do. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you heard me speak about. Do you know what they don't know? How long? They're just told to wait. And that's exactly what we find them doing in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. They are still waiting. They're doing exactly what they were told. Jesus, in our gospel reading, he said, If you follow my commands, you love me, and the Father will send the advocates. Later on in Acts chapter 5, if you want to flip there, you can. Um, Peter and the apostles are talking to the Sanhedrin. This is Acts chapter 5 and verse 29. Because the Sanhedrin has told them, stop preaching. Stop sharing this Jesus guy. Verse 29, Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, and listen, whom God has given to those who obey him. This is the same language that Peter uses in his epistle that we studied for a number of weeks, where Peter said, in obeying the truth, you have cleansed your souls. Obedience is directly connected to the work of the Spirit in our lives. Now, I need to clarify some things, and I will spend most of my sermon doing that. Because here's what I don't want you to think. Number one, I don't want you to think that you need perfect obedience or the Holy Spirit will never work in your life. It's not about perfect obedience. It is about trusting and seeking regularly to live as God wants you to live. How many of you are perfect? Please raise your hand. Nobody. <laughs> yeah, nobody. But that's not what this is about. When we talk about obedience, it doesn't mean if you mess up, the Holy Spirit doesn't do anything in your life. Right? However, it is about, again, a regular trust 
and seeking after God and trying to follow him on an everyday basis. I want to read you something. Um, Actually, no, I want to say something first, then I want to read you something. Um, Aaron and I were recently in Chicago. And as we were leaving Chicago, there was a number of areas where they were doing construction, road work. I mean, just like the Quad Cities. It was all over the place. Except Chicago is like 18,000 times bigger and more confusing than the Quad Cities. So as we are leaving, the GPS is telling us to go one way, but we can't go that way. We have to turn another way. What does it do? It just reroutes. Then we have to do it again, and it just reroutes. Like, and, and eventually, we're out of the city. And as we were leaving the city, I said this to her. Could you imagine having to navigate that with a paper map? Anybody remember using paper maps? Like, it was a while ago for us. But here's what I remember because we went to school in California and she lived in South Dakota. I remember having to go into AAA and buy maps for every state you had to go through. And the maps were so big that you couldn't actually open them all the way up in the passenger seat. You had to, like, figure out where you were, hope that's where you actually were, and then follow it. And then as you're going along, it's like, okay, we should be coming up on this. And what is everybody doing? We're trying to find it. Like, we're looking for whatever that is. Now, I just drive, and it tells me where to go. Could you imagine having to use the paper map? It is so difficult. It takes so much attention span. And here's the problem. Over the last 15 years, our attention span has gone down. (laughs) So here's some research. Apparently in 2000, in studies done, the average attention span was 12 seconds. 15 years later, it had dropped to 8 seconds. According to scientists, goldfish have a 9-second attention span. Ours is less than a goldfish. (laughs) They pay attention longer than we do. We are forgetful in general. Another study done, 25% of teens forget major details of close friends and relatives. 7% of people forget their own birthday from time to time. And studies show that 39% of Americans will forget at least one basic piece of information a week. (laughs) I mean, it just, it's, we have no attention span. We're forgetting all this stuff constantly. And yet, following after the Lord, it's not like a GPS. It's like a map. It is an everyday, intentional, learning, growing, working, thinking. Because as much as we might want this to be the case... God is not going to control you, and the Holy Spirit is rarely just going to go, hey, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, make this turn, make that turn, oh, let me reroute you. Um, It doesn't work like that. If you want to obey the Lord. So back when I was in the Bible church, there was a big emphasis on quiet times. It was a go read your Bible every day. And I think the general direction is the right idea, but the execution led to nothing. Because all you did is you just sat down every day and you read some more scripture, and then you read some more scripture, and then you read some more scripture. And 
we just read about how much we forget, right? And our attention span. I mean, I can't tell you how many stories when we talk about this, this is what it was like for most people. They would read like two or three verses and then begin to forget what they're doing. And their mind is dwelling on something else. So the idea of somehow integrating God's word every day into our life, that is part of obeying and following. But it needs to be done with intentionality. Pick one verse. I don't care. Pick one idea. Go read one thing that Jesus did. But every day, think about doing it. Think about Paul saying in Philippians, set your mind on things above. Because if you don't do it intentionally, it won't happen. Which leads me to my second point. Um, Following after the Holy Spirit involves obedience because it also involves choice. All right, I want to read something to you from Romans. This is Romans chapter 8. If you want to follow along, it's on page 1609, or you can just listen to me read. Romans chapter 8 and verse 5. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Um, There's choice involved in following. You have to decide. Do you want to follow your fleshly desires, or do you want to follow the Spirit? And it's not just going to happen. You have to make that choice, because here's why. If you do not intentionally choose to follow the Spirit, you won't. You'll follow something else. If you are not making an intentional choice every day to follow after the Spirit, you are following after something else. Because that's what happens. Our default is to go away from God, not to him. We have to be intentional. Um, Would you go to the next slide? Anybody know what this is? It's a lighthouse. Go ahead and go to the next one. Guess what that is? A lighthouse. Go to the next one. A lighthouse. Do you know what they all have in common? They are not the same lighthouse. They they are close, though. Um, They are not the same lighthouse. They are all being given away for free right now. Anyone want a lighthouse? The government is giving all three of these away, along with three other ones, right now. You may go and get a free lighthouse. All you have to do is take care of it. Now, here's the irony of it. If they can't give all of them away, do you know what they do with the ones they can't give away? They auction them. Just let that sink in for a moment. (laughs) No one will take it for free, but somebody will pay for it? (laughs) Um, Do you know why they are giving them away? They want to preserve them. They want, I mean, people like lighthouses. Do you know what they don't do with lighthouses anymore? 
They don't use them to guide ships. <laughs> the reason they're giving, in fact, they've given away almost 100 of these over the years because they don't use them anymore for ships. <laughs> what do they use? GPS. <laughs> Why use a lighthouse when you can use GPS? So it's not that anybody has anything against lighthouses. They actually like lighthouses. Nobody's going, stupid lighthouses. Let's burn them down. That's not what they're doing. They like the lighthouses. They just don't want to use the lighthouses for what they're intended to use because they have something else that they are using. So they're no longer using lighthouses. Here's what I would say about Christians. I don't think a single one of you or me is ever going, well, I just don't like God's ways. I'm not going to do them. Burn those ways. I'd rather do it my own way. We're not doing that. What we're doing is we're just choosing to use a GPS so we're no longer using lighthouses. We're just choosing to follow our culture, um, people around us, our friends, uh, whatever we're reading, whatever's on social media, whatever we're watching on TV. We're just choosing those things. And that's at the expense of following after God. So my point is not to condemn anybody, nor to say I think you like don't want to follow God. It's simply to say if you don't make that your choice, you won't do it. And it's an everyday choice. Go ahead and go to the next slide. Now, I want to be very careful about this, okay? So obedience will open the way for the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. It doesn't mean we have to be perfect. It does mean we have to make a choice. And here's the last thing. You need to know that your obedience doesn't cause the Holy Spirit to work in your life. It opens the door for it to happen. All right, so think of it like this. Hey, I told you we had this you know, great water gun thing that we did the other day, um, or yesterday. Well, my daughter and her boyfriend built a catapult. Now, they built it in like 90 minutes, and then they brought it for the water gun fights. So we made a bunch of water balloons, and their idea was to hurl the water balloons, because we have like a half acre. They're like, hurl the water balloons at everybody across the yard. So they get it. Now, they didn't test it before they got it there. <laughs> so they get it there, and they put the balloon in, and they let it go. And that sucker shot at least 12 inches. <laughs> I mean, it just you know, hit the ground. So they found some ways to kind of make it work. And, you know, because they, they're both really smart. And they got it kind of flying stuff. But, but here's what I will tell you. The only reason that balloon was flying through the air is because of the arm of that catapult. It was causing it to fly through the air. That's not how our obedience works to the Holy Spirit. Right? In order to fill up those balloons, it was one of those cool things where there's like 40 balloons connected to this and you just hook it onto the hose. And you put it over a bucket, the water goes in and it fills up 40 balloons and they all pop off. It's more like the valve that you open to let the water come through. It doesn't cause the water. The water is being pumped through. In fact, it's sitting on the other side of the valve the entire time. It just opens it up 
that the, the water can come in. Obedience is like that. It's like opening up our lives to the work of God. When we start saying, I'm going to follow you every day. I'm going to learn about Jesus. I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to intentionally try. When things happen in my life, I am going to ask that question. What would Jesus do? I'm going to do things like this because I want to follow you. Those actions in faith are like turning that valve and letting the work of the Spirit start moving in our lives in ways that it wasn't before. Does that make sense? So, if you were like me, you probably have struggled in your Christian life. But there's some things that we can do that involve us intentionally seeking to follow the Lord every day. Now, I tell you all of this because, um, can I borrow the two acolytes for a moment? Can you guys come up here? I didn't tell them about this, so they don't know what's going on. Can I get one of you to stand here and one of you to stand here? Um, so, I'll be right back. All right. I actually brought two water guns. One of them has water in it. One of them does not. So, I just mixed them up because I don't want to know. Who would like to go first? All right, you ready? Let's see if this is the one. Oh, Dana. All right, Dana. Any last words? Okay. Oh. Anybody believe there was water in this? <laughs> Here's what I want you to notice. What you believe matters. What you believe can change how you live, how you act, what you pursue. And it doesn't matter, honestly, if it is real in some cases. It will still change what you do. But here's the thing. God wants to empower your life. Do you believe that? He wants to. But if you want that empowerment, you have to live for him. You have to trust him in ways that maybe you haven't been trusting him. you got to seek every day to follow. Because it's in that kind of faith work that God says, I'm empowering you. Don't think for a moment that you choosing your own direction and doing whatever you want and God's just going to go, yeah, I'll empower that. That sounds good. Let me fill you with my power to go do your will. It doesn't work that way. But when we turn and start doing his... That's when he starts working in ours. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Next time, Dana. <laughs> Would you join me in praying? Heavenly Father, thank you for your incredible grace and love that you called us when we were sinners, 
but you love us, and as we've talked about with a prodigal son, no matter how far we stray, you are looking for us. You want us to come back. You're an amazing, incredible father. But we also know, Lord, that you call us to follow. You call us to discipleship. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow. That the Christian life is about wholeheartedly seeking after you and your way, Father. And Lord, I pray right now that every person here might know the power of the Holy Spirit in ways they have never known before as they step out in faith and trust to follow you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.